You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent, online and social media editor at SD Times. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with Luis Ceze, a professor at the University of Washington. He's done a lot of research on machine learning, and he and his team co-created the Apache TVM project. He's also commercialized that project through his startup, OctoML. I'm going to be speaking to him about his research and the project, as well as ways to make machine learning more accessible to a broader group of people, not just those with AI expertise. Before we get to that, I'll have Luis introduce himself. Uh, I'm I'm Luis Sazi, I'm co-founder and CEO at OctoML and also professor of computer science at the University of Washington. My area of work is um, say systems for machine learning in general, that includes hardware, uh, software, uh, compilers, runtime systems, and so on. Um, at OctoML, um, what we do is we provide solutions to accelerate uh, machine learning, both um, you know making acceleration in the sense of making it run fast and the harder that you want, as well as you know automating the process of getting to a deployable um, uh, artifact. So we accelerate you know deployment of machine learning. Yeah, I know you you co-founded both the Apache TVM project and obviously your company, OctoML. Um, So I think our listeners would probably be interested to hear about both of those. So I guess maybe we can start off with Apache TVM. Can you give a a brief overview of that project for our listeners who might not be as familiar with it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the genesis of the Apache TVM project is actually a research project at the University of Washington that I had the pleasure of co-leading with with collaborators um, and had the pleasure of working with several fantastic PhD students early on. Uh, Some of them are co-founders of OctoML right now. So the genesis of the Apache TVM effort was essentially uh, from the observation probably five or six years ago now, that there was a growing set of machine learning models that people were building and interested in, and a growing set of hardware targets that people wanted to run these models on, you know, from small CPUs in edge devices to big server CPUs. Then around that time, GPUs were starting to get popular to run machine learning models on, and so on. Um, and uh, But then the path from a model to to you know, running efficiently on the hardware is something that uh, got very fragmented and um, and siloed, and I would say noisy actually. So um, there is a lot of the ecosystem has a lot of hardware specific software stacks with Nvidia with their own uh, software stack and Intel and then ARM and so on, and then a bunch of libraries that are use case specific like. Uh, libraries for natural language processing, computer vision, and so on. So what we wanted to do with TVM is essentially uh, offer a unified clean path from the frameworks that data scientists and machine learning engineers are used to, like TensorFlow, PyTorch, and so on, and you know, a highly efficient um, deployment artifact on the hardware that they want without having to navigate hardware vendor-specific software stacks. Um, And along the way, get a lot of automation, you know, so the the process today of getting a model uh, when it's ready, when it's post-training and getting ready for deployment is largely manual. It involves a lot of low-level optimizations and a lot of, of, you know, effort with, you know, very specific tools that, again, depend on the hardware and and the use case and so on. Uh, We automate all of that by applying machine learning to machine learning optimization. 
innovation? That's really the research question that we explored early on uh, on the TVM project. So um, anyway, so TVM today supports all of the major frameworks uh, that people care about and all the major hardware targets, including you know embedded CPUs, service CPUs, mobile GPUs, server GPUs, FPGAs, you know GPUs from NVIDIA, from uh, ARM and AMD and so on. Um, and offers a lot of really compelling optimizations, both high-level model optimizations like um, in operator fusion uh, and even supports things like quantization, for example, all the way down to very efficient code generation of, of a specific model on a specific hardware target uh, in a way that's essentially fully automated. Um, so TVM got quite a bit of traction, you know, it's being used in production in, um, in, in a lot of scenarios, some of them that you might use every day, like the, uh, like Alexa, Amazon has been a contributor in a, uh, of, and a very active member of the community, uh, TVM for a long time, uh, since the beginning, actually. Um, but then TVM has also been used, uh, at Amazon, Microsoft and Facebook and so on, and being adopted, adopted by many hardware vendors. Uh, today, the community has about 500 contributors or so, um, and it's a, a top-level Apache TVM project. Uh, we run our own conferences. So last year, the TVM conference had uh, just under a thousand people uh, from all over. It was virtual, so that that helps get a you know people from all over. Uh, and it had a nice mix of industry and academia and, and machine learning and users as well as hardware vendor uh, hardware vendors. So. Does that give you um, a general view of what TVM is? Any questions? Yeah, I think that's that's a great overview. Um, what sort of use cases is it like? Is it best sort suited for certain use cases? Yeah. So, uh, good question. So, it depends what I mean by use cases. So, TVM in and of itself is a fairly it's a horizontal. It's a fairly general. Um, let's say framework because it takes models from all of the major frameworks and it takes all kinds of models, computer vision, natural language processing, time series prediction, or any other, you know, sort of, of machine learning uh, models. Um, and it supports most of the hardware that people care about, again, from embedded IoT with what we call micro TVM all the way to, to big, um, you know, to big GPUs, right? So, um, but here's one specific use case. So say that um, you're going to deploy a, a computer vision model to apply computer vision over a large collection of videos, right? And you're gonna run it in the cloud. Um, then you have questions like, okay, so which cloud instance should you use? The one that's gonna give you the highest performance per dollar, right? So uh, what, you, what you might wanna do there is get your model optimize it against all of the you know, possible options available to you in the cloud and pick the one that gives you the best uh, cost performance ratio, right? So uh, TVM can automate that for you because you, know, you don't have to do the engineering required of getting your model tuned and ready to go in every single one of the instances that you might want to deploy it on, right? So that's one use case. So another use case, uh, in fact, we had this uh, really good... Um, collaboration with Hugging Face last year, where we um, optimized, um, work with them to optimize one of their uh, new language models. And we show the path to, you know, at least 2x better performance, uh, which leads to 2x uh, cost efficiency in cloud deployments. Yet another use case, for example, suppose that you want to deploy um, a um, machine learning model um, that on, on the edge, it enables a new feature, say, for a for, for video conferencing application or for a game, right? So in that case, what you need to do is you need, after you train your model, you need to make sure that your model has the right 
uh, compute and memory requirements to run on the edge device that you care about. It could be a mobile phone, for example, or a tablet. Uh, today, you have to do a lot of low-level optimizations and a lot of low-level software engineering to get there, and uh, TVM you know, automates a lot of that for you. So I focus on only TVM so far. I can talk about OctoML whenever you're ready too. So, <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, so I read on the website that OctoML is actually built on TVM. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious, like what, what caused you to want to start a company um, yeah. like on top of the project? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first, uh, what got us to start a company is that we had, you know, when all stars aligned, you know, TVM was getting quite a bit of traction. PhD students were graduating. I've also been uh, itching to start uh, a company in this, in this space. And one of the uh, big supporters of our projects from Intel, Jason Knight, was ready for his next thing too. So when, you know, when these things all stars align <laughs> and we formed the company. Uh, and we essentially sticking to our original vision, you know, which is which is the following. You know, TVM is, is very powerful, but is, it is a sophisticated tool and it's likely to continue being a relatively sophisticated tool. We're making it easier to use even the open source. Of course, we want to welcome more users there. But the reality is that for any kind of framework like that, there'll be some setup effort, right? So you have to have to install it, you have to build it, you have to set up your benchmarking infrastructure. Um, as I mentioned earlier briefly, so TVM uses machine learning for machine learning, which means that in essence, it runs a lot of micro experiments to build machine learning models to predict what the hardware will do in the face of new optimizations to help guide the best optimization in a very large space. Okay, does that make sense? So essentially, say they have billions and billions of possibilities, you want to pick what are the right ones. You cannot try them all because it's too expensive to try them all. So you have to have predictors to tell you which ones are the ones that are likely worth even trying out. That's where machine learning comes into play. The reason I'm telling you this is that it takes effort to collect this data set and to build uh, this infrastructure to do the, the um, uh, machine learning model training data set collection and setting up the benchmark infrastructure and so on. Our vision from the beginning was to uh, make TVM a cloud service um, and uh, from there grow a platform, right? So essentially you want to make uh, the ability of getting machine learning models, getting highly tuned and super high performance on the hire of choice by any data scientist without having to work with software engineers to do so is what we're doing at OctoML. So we, we're building this platform called the Optimizer, which is a machine learning acceleration platform, enables um, anyone who can uh, get their hands in a machine learning model, either by getting an existing one and tweaking it, or by training one from scratch to upload it to our service, and then, uh, have it uh, have the the optimizer produce a highly tuned version of your model to a specific hardware target of your choice, or have the optimizer help you choose by doing a sweep of different hardware architectures, and uh, and then helping you choose what's the what's the best uh, what's the best choice of of hardware deployment. Um, and TVM is one component of that because TVM is the core optimization engine there, we we adding others as well, right? So we're not saying, you know, TVM is the best and always going to be the best. Of course, there are alternatives and in some specific use cases, there are other ways of deploying your model, like using the hardware vendor native libraries. And we, we automate that too. Essentially, we help you navigate even the hardware vendor specific software tools by embedding bits and pieces of it. Um, and get it ready to, um, you know, and, and producing an artifact that, that contains the best of what TVM can do and the best of the existing software, software infrastructure can do. And then TVM does, uh, you know, benchmarking and so on, which is also something that's built on top of TVM. That's a springboard for a full platform that I can tell you more. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. 
So essentially, yeah. Baked VM really easy to use. So we can appeal to even broader set of users, right? So yeah. So like on top of kind of these projects that make um, like AI more accessible to developers, what like foundations uh, need to be there in order for us to kind of accelerate the adoption of AI by developers who don't have that like AI domain expertise? Yeah, great question. So um, let's let's just briefly break down what's the process of, of uh, getting from data to a machine learning model, right? So first you come up with an idea, you want to solve a problem that, or implement a feature that machine learning would help you, for example, recognize objects in an image, right? So uh, you can either start from an existing model. So you go to model repositories and, uh, and without having to know how to build models, you can just pick one that works well for you. Or you can do the whole thing, which is start with a model architecture, collect some data, build a training data set, right? So train your model, produce a model that has the right, you know, AI capabilities. Uh, and then now you have a model that does what you want it to do. The next step is how do you actually embed that into your application? Um, so this first part that I told you, there's quite a few tools that helps you with that. That's where a lot of the focus on making AI easier has been, is really how to create models. And I think it's great and it's awesome that's getting uh, really, really uh, easy to create models. The next hard part is once you have a model, how do you actually get it ready to be integrated in your application? So that involves, again, as I was saying before, getting your model and finding the right way of optimizing packaging your model for the specific deployment platform. So uh, today, unfortunately, machine learning is notoriously non-portable. So you have to make a choice of where you're going to deploy it to and put a lot of work to that one choice. So, um, and that adds, um, that adds more complexity in the project and also more, more effort as well, especially if you want to support multi-platform. That's that's the part that we focus on. So we sort of like in this unique position that has, has not been uh, addressed before of uh, really automating the part of the machine learning uh, development deployment process that typically involves skilled uh, people in machine learning and in low and the software engineering required, right? So we automate that. That's the part that we make easier. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. What are you like most excited about in this space right now? Well, there's well, there's there's just so much. I'm um I'm very very excited that now there are um you know execution engines you know hardware uh, in all sorts of different environments for it to deploy machine learning model to you know from uh, teeny devices that are super low power that can be uh, that can work out of solar energy or can harvest energy from RF and can do useful things on the sense data. Like for example, you could have sensors that are related to you know wearables that senses uh, aspects. You know, physiological um, measurements and, you know, and summarize them right on the spot, right? So with very low power and the battery will last a long time. Um, I'm interested definitely in uh, autonomous devices that needs to do a lot of local machine learning to be able to make decisions that are fast enough for them to react to the environment. The reason I'm telling you all of this is that uh, I, I do think that uh, what's exciting right now is just the ability of embedding machine learning in all sorts of applications, both uh, in what we call cyber physical systems, which are you know embedded systems putting computers everywhere with AI capabilities, as well as very very large scale um, machine learning problems. Uh, for example, one that I find particularly uh, fascinating based on personal interest is applying machine learning to life sciences uh, and and genomics and molecular design. 
right? It's interesting to see the role of uh, AI in understanding disease, in understanding, uh, you know, life processes and so on. And those um, are largely today enabled by advances in, in large-scale machine learning models and machine learning systems that are able to run very large uh, compute jobs uh, that are mostly machine learning, right? So... I don't want to keep you much longer, but before I let you go, is there something fun or exciting about OctoML or Apache TVM that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, well, so you might be wondering where does our name come from, right? So <laughs> OctoML, <laughs> OctoML largely, uh, the, the name uh, largely comes from, you know, octopuses, right? They're incredible creatures. They're very smart, very adaptable. Uh, they have a very interesting uh, nervous system. And that's that's the genesis of the name. Right. So um, anyways, a very colorful group of people uh, with various different uh, backgrounds and interests everywhere from cooking and art to things like, you know, life sciences research and how that intersects with with machine learning. And um, yeah, so we are we're a fun bunch that looks at the intersection of things of, you know, machine learning, computing, life sciences and so on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Of course. Thank you. Until next time, this has been What the Dev.